right, right. So good morning, everybody. Happy Labor Day. I'm Pastor Marshall. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Reignite Church. We're trying to reignite love for God and love for community and the love for all through serving. Um, I'm ready to preach this morning. I hope you all are ready to listen. Good to see you. Good to see you. And mom, good to see you. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so um, I'm ready to preach. If you guys are ready to listen, I want to introduce our new series. Are y'all ready? Woo. Okay, bear with me. I hope you love me at the end of this. Good to see you, Mia. I hope you love me at the end of this. Our series is called Lies and Limitations. I'll say it again. Lies and Limitations. Y'all know about some, some lies, right? And y'all know that sometimes we all have limitations. So that's what we're going to talk about for the next two weeks, lies and limitations. So if you meet me in Psalms 119, verse 29, Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Bible. However, we're going to focus on one verse. Just one verse is all we need to get the job done today. Psalms 119, if you have your electronic device or you can look on the screen. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. Psalm 119, verse 29, it says, Keep me from lying to myself. Let's read that together. One, two, three. Keep me from lying to myself. Y'all didn't sound convincing again. One more time. One, two, three. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. This is a prayer that's going before God in the psalm. So I want to speak to you today about convenient lies we tell ourselves. Convenient lies we tell ourselves. What makes lying so dangerous is that it's so doggone convenient to do it. Would y'all agree? It's, it's convenient to like, okay, I see I'm in here by myself today. I don't have, I, I thought I would be in the real church, reignite church, where everybody was going to be real and authentic, but y'all are like, yeah, pastor. Um, yeah, we agree. Some people lie. I don't. Um, you're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. It's so convenient to lie, and, and maybe, maybe it's because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Sometimes we lie, we, and we lie to ourselves. Maybe it's because we, we want to deal with it later, so therefore we lie now. Um, maybe it's because a lie usually benefits us. That's, that's why lies are so convenient, because they benefit us. We tell them to get our own benefit at the time. I want to prove that to you. And so therefore we lie. Let me, let me, let, let me share a story with you how it benefited this one little girl I know. A name named Alexis, my daughter, 11 years old. Y'all probably seen her around here. She's got the new hairdo, um, braces and everything. Lexi was on a kindergarten field trip with your mama, Amy. Kindergarten field trip, they went to the zoo. And, and, the, and then after the zoo, they went to Ch uh, Chick-fil-A. And on the way back from Chick-fil-A, she wanted to sit in the front with the teacher, you know, uh, she's a teacher's pet and everything. We're friends with Amy. And so she's, she sits in the front with the teacher. Um, but Lexi, after leaving the zoo and after having the Chick-fil-A, she decides she's still thirsty. And so Amy tells her to, to scooch down a little bit. And, and she was going to give her some of her drink. So Lexi scoots down. She's in the front of the bus, and she scoots down so the other kids don't see. And she's having her drink, right? She's drinking her drink. And she's like, Miss Amy, what is this? Amy says, tea. She said, I don't like tea. <laughs> and she's drinking it all. She's drinking it all. <laughs> 
And I thought, oh, my gosh, when Amy told me, when, when she told us that story, when I teacher said what happened, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh. It sounds cute, but it was pretty convenient. <laughs> she lied. I don't like tea. But don't we all do that when it comes to lies? We, we say we don't lie, but we do it to benefit us. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, have you ever, uh, we're in church. Let me, let me preface what I'm about to say. Have you ever, I'm not going to look at you, have you ever told a convenient lie? Just say, yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. Okay, I want to make sure I was preaching to the right people, because I have. Um, the definition of a convenient lie to help us out this morning, here's the definition of a convenient lie. A convenient lie is an untruth that fits our needs, activities, or plans at the moment. The definition of a convenient lie it's an untruth that fits our needs, activities, or plans at the moment, at the time, because we're the beneficiary of it, all right? So, so Lexi, and, and, and S is in the story I gave you this morning, Lexi, Lexi, she really doesn't like tea, but because it tastes so good, she lied. She was thirsty, so she lied. And most of us lie to ourselves more than we'd like to admit. I found a, a statistic I read, but I want to give you stats. I just want to give it to you plain. Uh, there's something I read uh, recently that stated, everyone on the planet is an Oscar award-winning liar. Everyone on the planet is an Oscar award-winning liar because all of us, all of you, black, white, red, brown, all of us have lied without being caught at least once. Right? So if Hollywood wanted, it, wanted to look for new actors, they could just look in the church even. Because we're good at it. You know, I'm, I'm all, you know, I don't have a suit on, but, you know, I'm, I, I got it all together. And we want to look like we have it all together. And we lie and we don't get caught. And so we sometimes lie again if it gets too tough. Oh, man. Turn, turn to your neighbor <clears throat> and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Turn to the other neighbor and say, liar, 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 liar. pants on fire. <laughs> oh, they said it best. I heard it best said this way. I heard it said that if, 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 is, it is, if someone is committed to taking you down, the best way to get better, if someone's committed to taking you down, is to find someone who's committed to taking you down. The best way to get better, right? I got that from that commercial. Never feel like, ooh. Anyway, I watch too much sports. But anyway, when you find someone who's committed to taking you down, that raises your game, right? It raises your game. But I want you to know the devil is committed to taking you down. He's committed to, to making you lie. And we know that John 8.44 says that he's the father of all lies. The devil is the father of all lies. But we don't lie in church. We don't lie as Christians. We're lying when we say it. Now, now I, I'm not, I'm going to go on record to say this. I don't know about you. I don't consider the devil my daddy. But do you know some of us are being adopted by him? That's good preaching, pastor. <laughs> some of us are being adopted by, by the devil, and we're fine with it. I, I, I can admit, sometimes, you know, um, sometimes I found myself lying, and it hurts my feelings when I do it. But yeah, I still do it sometimes. And you're probably thinking you're in the wrong place. And the pastor said he lies? I'm not lying right now. But 
Sometimes I lie. Sometimes I break promises to myself. I don't know if I'm talking to the right people. Sometimes I break promises to myself because I promise myself every week on Monday, I'm going to eat better. (laughs) On Monday, I'm going to be healthier. So we feast today. But on Monday, I'm going to get better. How many, how many witnesses do I have? On Monday, I'm going to start running. On Monday, I'm going to start lifting. On Monday, I'm going to eat salad. Well, on Monday, I'm going to eat better. <laughs> and you know what the crazy thing about it is? The crazy thing, Jennifer, the crazy thing is every time I say it, I'm convinced. <laughs> every week, I'm like, I'm going to eat better Monday. Monday come around, I'm like, so babe, where do you want to go? Chick-fil-A? What? You know, <laughs> Chick-fil-A is not necessarily better, or Popeye's, but we rode around, <laughs> we rode around for an hour <laughs> trying to find a way to get into Popeye's for that spicy chicken sandwich that we never got. Oh my gosh, craziness, craziness. But we're convinced, we're convinced. In Psalms 119, church, the psalmist is having a fierce conversation with himself before God. He's praying. The first few verses, he's praying. The Psalm, Psalm 119 is a, is, is a Hebrew acrostic. That's for free. It's a Hebrew acrostic. It helps them with their prayer life. So he's praying to God, and he's, convinc- he's convinced, and he's, he's having a fierce conversation with God on something he wants, to, he wants to do. He wants to stop doing this. So he's having a fierce conversation with himself. Now, fierce conversation doesn't mean that we threaten ourselves. Fierce conversation doesn't mean that we raise our voice at ourselves. If you do that, I'm going to walk the other way. But every one of us need to have a fierce conversation with ourselves. Susan, Susan Scott notes in her book, Fierce Conversations, that we must come out from behind ourselves and make our conversations real. Susan Scott said, we must come out from behind ourselves and make our conversations real. Because all of us are in need of a fierce conversation with ourselves. Monday, I'm going to do better Monday. I mean, it might not be food for you. It it may be just my behavior. You know, I didn't mean to say that. I'm going to do better next week. And you know doggone well. If the right person makes you mad, the right person steps to you, the right person doesn't have whatever, they're going to get the other side of you. So we need to have, we need to have a fierce conversation. I got one real person in the room. (laughs) He's laughing at himself. Fierce conversation. We all need to have a fierce conversation with ourselves. Our conversations become real by knowing the truth, folks. Our conversations become real by knowing the truth, but the truth will make you free only when you're ready for freedom. Everyone says the truth will make you free, and that's true, but everybody's not ready for freedom. Everyone's not ready for what freedom brings. Man, man, what makes lies convenient and so dangerous is that we're convinced of them. Each and every week, we're convinced. We're going to pause right now for our emergency broadcasting system. (laughs) Thank you, school. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You never know what's going to happen in the school setting. Um, So because we're convinced of them, I want to help you with that today, and I want to give you five. Everybody say five. 
I'm going to give you five ways to tell if it's time for a fierce conversation. Now, I could give you probably 10, 12 of them, but I'm just going to give you five. Five ways to tell if it's time for a fierce conversation, and that's if you tell yourself first, I'm good. How many of you have said that? I've said it over and over. But the Bible says that there's no one good. No, not one. But sometimes we always say number one. Point number one is we always say, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. But I want you to understand no one is good or okay all the time. Between you and the problem, between you and life, you and the situation, there's got to be times of weakness. You're not always okay. Who am I preaching to? You're not always good. If so, the Holy Spirit would be out of a job. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The fact that we're convinced that we are okay or good is the problem. It leaves God no room to work. When it came to renovations, um, when I had made chief back in the Navy, before I retired, I made chief. And at the time, it was crazy because, you know, we had all these assignments of things we needed to do. And, and, and we decided, this was like 10, 12 years ago, we decided before we moved into our house, we were going to renovate our condo to get the most bang for the buck, but Tiff wanted to enjoy it first, right? So we started a renovation, so we did the floor. We had the floors done downstairs and upstairs. I mean, it was like MTV Cribs, you know. I mean, it, it was nice. That the house was looking. I was feeling pretty proud. Um, we had the floors done. We had the remote installed in the fireplace where I could just bloop, and the fire would come on, the gas fireplace would come on. Y'all don't seem impressed. This was big for me. I came from the projects. I came from... Woo. We didn't have nothing. Didn't know where food was coming from. Anyway, when I married up, things got a little better. <laughs> anyway, back to my renovations. We, had, we, we, we were in the place of renovation in our house, and, and things were messy. It was stressful for us, right? It was stressful for us. Um, but when Tiff and I got ready to move out of our condo into our, our home, we had just finished doing the floors. Everything was done. Everything was beautiful. And what was a mess became something more, more beautiful. Um, we were able to get a huge profit from selling our condo and then able to afford to move into our house because um, we had been there like 10, 12 years at a time. Um, but I want you to know that God looks at you as a renovation. That's the point of the story. God sees you as a renovation, and, and he, he wants to renovate our lives, and he wants to know that there's areas of weakness. The floorboards are weak over here in your area. You know, when you're walking around and talking like this, there's, there's, there's some things that he needs to shore up, and he needs to put plaster over, all right? And so we have to acknowledge that we're not good all the time. We're not okay all the time. There's, there's some things that God needs to do, but I don't want to give you just problems without giving you purpose. So here's, here's, here's what he wants to do. In Romans 8, 26, he says, it says in the scripture, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So guess what? Can I give you a clue? That means you got to have weakness. If the Holy Spirit is to come alongside and help in our weakness, that means I have weakness. You have weakness. Without weakness... You get no help. I get no help. But when we are weak, the Bible tells us and declares that we are then strong. When we're weak, we're strong. So let me remind you, these are convenient lies we tell ourselves. That's number one. Number two, if I had more time, I would do X. Mm-hmm. 
if I had more time, I would do fill in the blank. Uh, this could be anything. This could be anything. This, this could be, if, if I can give a shameless plug, this could be for regroups. If I had more time, I would attend regroups that's coming up in two weeks, Pastor. Regroups, where we meet in a house, where we meet out in town somewhere, Panera, IHOP, wherever. My first group was IHOP, where we got together and we talked about the things that we learned from the, on the videos on our phones for the week prior. If I had more time, Pastor, I would go to regroups. If I had more time, I would clean my house. Don't invite me over because I'm judgmental. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. We're going to pause right now for uh, this program. I don't know what's going on over there. They had more time, but we all have the same 24 hours. The same 24 hours. But I found out, I've lived long enough to find out that people will make time for what they really want to do. For what they really want to do. You can beg them, you can open up opportunities, but when people want to do something, they'll make time for it. I like the idea of a six-pack. I like picking up a six-pack. Not the kind you're thinking. The idea of a six-pack six pack in the midsection. I like the idea of a six-pack. But when I found out that abs were made in the kitchen, I had a problem. <laughs> the problem is I love food. <laughs> so I'm running on my treadmill in the garage every day trying to eat later. <laughs> Oh my gosh, maybe some of you are like that. Um, Ecclesiastes, again, here's some more purpose. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for everything, for every activity under the heaven. Solomon, who was the wisest man, wrote this. There's time. You have the same 24 hours. I have the same 24 hours. You have time to do what you really want to do. But we lie to ourselves and we say, if I had more time, I would do this. I would vacation more. I would, I would, I would, I would get a second job. If I had more time, I would, I would be a better this. If I had more time, I would do this. And we're lying. Because when you get more time, you do something else. For example, if I can just be transparent with you, I, I had um, this gift given to me by Tiffany, this guitar. And I said, when, I'm, I'm a, when, I'm rela- when I need to relax and when I'm stressed, I'm going to get this guitar and I'm going to play it. But the, the guitar is in my room with about this much dust on it because I haven't yet made time to practice it. All I'm trying to drive home is you do what you want to do. And whatever the priority is, that's what you make time for. But don't lie to yourself. Third thing we tell ourselves, the third lie, convenient lie, is that's just the way I am. Oh, I don't like this one. I have a problem with this one. That's just the way I am. So you get confronted because you're doing this, and you say, oh, that's just the way I am. I I don't like to sit because worship takes too long, so I'd rather come late because I don't want to stand for worship. That's just the way I am. But you'll stand up for whatever you want to do when you're partying with your friends and The problem I have with just the way I am is when you become a Christian, when you become Christ, you're not supposed to be the same way. So if you're going to confess it, you're lying. If you're staying the same this year, then when you were uh, next year, if, you were, if you're the same this year as you were last year, if you're the same this year, you have to change. I was going to flip it around, but I thought I'd stop. That's just the way I am. We come as we are, but we're not supposed to stay as we are. God wants a canvas that's going to change as he, as he paints on our lives. 
when we say that that's just the way we are, we eliminate the possibility of hope. Mm. In any context, that's just the way I am, so I'm not going to allow this. That's just the way I am, so I don't accept that. So I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to be challenged by God and by his, convicted by his spirit. That's just the way I am, God. You got to let me in the gates just like this. And he's like, no. You got to change. You got to become more like me. This is just the way. When it comes to the I am, this is just the way. That's what God is saying. Oh! Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hear this. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. So uh, when is the heart sick? When you defer hope. When you say that this is just the way I am and you're not willing to change, the heart becomes sick. And we're wondering what's going on. What's wrong? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Do you hear what the proverb is saying? That's, a, that's one of the wisest books of the Bible, Proverbs. It's for daily living. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hmm. You wonder why you have an upset stomach? <laughs> Maybe God's wanting you to do something. So he's giving you the bubble guts. Anyway. But if we can endure and live through sickness, I believe that life and goodness will come if we can endure it. Can you handle a couple more? Okay, okay. Convenient lies. By the way, I've said all these that I'm giving you. I've said them all. Number four, the convenient lie we say is I can't live without fill in the blank. Oh, we don't really want to admit this one. I can't live without my coffee. I can't live, and that's a big thing for me. Um, I can't live without my friends. I can't live without this car. I can't live without my relationship. I, I need a man in order to manage my life. I, need, I can't live without. In most cases, I found that we can. I have, I had the ability, the, 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 the blessed privilege to travel for 22 years in the Navy and see people living in third world countries and all kinds of situations. Trust me, trust me. When, when, a, when a situation comes down to it, b believe me, you really can live without some stuff, the, the creature comforts of home. Because people are doing it that, that have way less than us. Way less. So what do you think you can't do? You can, and I started to put that picture up that you sent me this week. I was like, well, I'm showing too many pictures on, on, the, on the screen, so I, I thought I wouldn't. But trust me, we all have the ability to adapt, don't we? Convenient lies, though. Here's the purpose behind it. Um, Philippians 4.19 says, and I want you to repeat this. It'll be on the screens. Repeat this for me. I'm going to break it down. Everybody say, ready? Because I want you to repeat this. Repeat this to your neighbor. Matter of fact, turn to the left or turn to the right and say it that way. Repeat this. And this same God, you're talking to the neighbor, you're talking to your neighbor, who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which we have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Yes, yes, y'all got to believe it. And this same God who takes care of Marshall, who takes care of me, who takes care of Elmer, who takes care of you, Martine, who takes care of you, Tiffany, Carmen, who takes care of you, Steve, this same God who takes care of us will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Uh, maybe we really need to have a fierce conversation with ourselves because we don't really believe that. 
and last, and I'm going to let you go with this one. The fifth one, the fifth convenient lie is nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. Now, if you're ornery, that may be true. Just saying. <laughs> if you're mean-spirited, <laughs> that may be true. <laughs> but no, that's not true. Even to the, to the least of us, even to the ugliest of us in the heart, even to the blackest of us in the heart, Jesus Christ died for. So when we feel like, man, I, I, I can't do it like him. I can't be what she is. And, and, and maybe my sign of not having friends is because I'm not showing myself to be friendly. And so we attributed that to God. And then God, you don't love me because people don't seem to love me. But I've heard an old wise preacher once tell me that if you want friends first, you got to be friendly. Show yourself to be friendly, then you will have friends. If you want to be social, you want to, if you want to be more social, so show yourself to be more social. If you, if, you want, if you want to feel alive, start acting alive. Yeah. Most of the time we don't believe this because we don't feel loved. That, that's why I started our first year teaching from the book, Peter Scazzaro's Emotional Healthy Spirituality, because most preachers don't talk about emotional health, spiritual emotional health. But we need to understand that when it comes to spiritual emotional health, that's a real thing. So, so when things happen, when life happens, we don't, we don't just tag it to God and say, oh, God doesn't love me. God's forgotten about me. That's not, that's not what's going on. Um, life happens. We live in a flawed world, a flawed system. God still loves you. But just because life happens, don't, 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 don't feel that God has turned his back. Because in, in fact, he's purposed uh, to show love in, in your life, in my life. In John 3, 16, so for, God so for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. I, I changed the, the different uh, translation I would use today because normally I would say God so loved the world. And you know, you can't describe a soul. I've taught you that, right? You can't describe a soul. So describes the next word. So if God loved, he so loved, it describes the extent of his love. But in this case, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. One and only is so rare. One and only is so rare. Do you know how rare one and only is? That, that, that when something is, is, is a one and only, it's usually not convenient to share it. I'll say it again. When something is a one and only, it's not convenient that you share it with other people. It's usually kept to themselves. But God said, I want to I show my love for Tiffany, for Marshall. For, for, for Beth, I want to show for Jay, I want to show for Jason, I want to show I want for Anisha, uh, I want to show my love for, to, these, to these people so much that I'm going to give my one and only. We can't say about that, we can't say that about anything else except God. Anything else that's a one and only can be made again. God said, I'm going to give you my best love. So when you feel like you don't have love, he's giving you his best love. His one and only love, Jesus Christ. So if I could take us back to Psalm 119, 29. The following verse is helpful. I didn't give you that intentionally, but I'm going to read it to you. Verse 29 says, again, keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. So we want to stop lying to ourselves because it's convenient to do that. 
And sometimes it seems like we're adopted because we're doing so much of that. And the father of lies, who started back in Genesis 3, made the first lie to Adam and Eve. So we don't want to be like him. Verse 30 says, the psalmist says, I have chosen to be faithful and I have determined to live by your regulations. So if you don't want to lie, if you don't want to be convenient with the things that don't really represent you, you have to choose to do it and you have to be determined to do it. So you, you make a choice about everything that you've done up till today. And you've been determined to do what you really want to do up until today. God said, if, you, if you'll do that, if you put that same effort in loving me and following me and obeying me, then your life will be rich. Then you'll live an abundant life. That's what abundant life is, a rich, freedom-filled life in Christ. The choice is yours. We have to choose and be determined. We must see lies as limitations that block us from where we want to be. I'll say that again. We must see lies as limitations that block you from where you want to be. And I'll talk about that next week when I talk about the limitations. Lies and limitations. The convenient lies we tell ourselves. Who's your daddy? Either it's the enemy of your soul or it's the father of heaven. Who's your daddy? Would you stand as we pray? Every head bowed, every eye closed.